Welcome to Philanthropy Today, powered by the GMCF, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. I'm Dave Lewis, your host for Philanthropy Today, where we discuss the efforts of members of the nonprofit community that are working in conjunction with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. We have a new series of episodes. And we call them the 25 Days of Christmas, where our focus will be on end-of-year giving and holiday hopes for our organizations. We'd also like to remind you to subscribe or follow Philanthropy Today wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get notifications when our new episodes launch. Now to the 25 Days of Christmas on Philanthropy Today. Robin Cole is our guest. Robin is the Executive Director of Pawnee Mental Health. Robin, thank you for joining us on Philanthropy Today. I am very glad to be here, Dave. This is your first podcast. This is my first podcast. I've never done a podcast. It's an honor for me to be the host for you on yes. your first podcast. Well, thank you for hosting me. I'm very familiar with Pawnee Mental Health from a lot of different reasons. I've been a patient. I've been mm-hmm. a supporter. I've been an advocate. But I'd like for you to give a, a brief synopsis on what Pawnee Mental Mental health is and does. Absolutely. So Pawnee Mental Health is a licensed community mental health center and substance abuse treatment center. We are one of 26 licensed community mental health centers throughout the state of Kansas. And so part of what distinguishes community mental health centers from any other mental health provider is that we provide services 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And we provide services regardless of ability to pay and regardless of status as a client. So, for example, if someone comes to our facility and they're in a crisis, rather than referring them to another provider or to another agency, we welcome them in and provide services for them. Well, 2021, and, and, and we might as well throw in 2020, has had uh, plenty of challenges in, in the mental health field. Uh, let's look back at uh, the last year or so and, and tell me about how Pawnee Mental Health has handled a lot of these situations. Absolutely. You know, uh, most of the services we provide are either office-based or community-based. And before the pandemic, those services primarily had to all be delivered in person. There were some exceptions. There were, were some telehealth services that were allowed. But at that time... Uh, most of the telehealth services we provided would have been our medication management services from an urban setting like Manhattan to a rural setting like Concordia. But when the public health emergency was declared in the United States, then the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services suspended most of the rules that governed the delivery of telehealth. And essentially what CMS did was they made it easy for mental health providers, physical health providers, really anybody in the healthcare field who had the technology and the ability, it made it easy for them to provide those services through telehealth. Behavioral health is very well suited for delivery through telehealth. The challenge at the time, and and when I mark time, I think back to March of 2020, was that as a community mental health center, we weren't really equipped to have our people working from home providing services um, through telehealth. And so the first several months of, of the pandemic involved us equipping our employees to be able to work remotely so that they could continue to provide the mental health services that people needed, oftentimes from their home 
or even from their office while our clients were in their homes receiving the services. Do you anticipate that, you know, once things kind of get, you know, hopefully we'll move forward from from some of these pandemic restrictions that telehealth will continue to be uh, utilized in mental health? I think that it will. I think that every day that goes by that telehealth is allowed is one more day that it makes it harder for the federal government or for health insurance payers to reverse course. You know, we're uh, this next March, we will have been approaching two years of telehealth being something that's permissible for the delivery of healthcare services. And Depending on people's comfort level, there are some people who have resumed coming back in for services, you know, in a face-to-face or in-person kind of environment. But there are other people who still prefer to remain at home out of concern and an abundance of caution in their personal life to not to come into contact with the virus. And a lot of times there are other reasons why it works better for people to to receive services through telehealth. So I'm very optimistic that that the permissions that have been given, the sort of loosening of the restrictions to access services through telehealth will remain in place as we move forward. There may be some ways or places where they try to scale it back or alter it in some way, but I really don't think that when it comes to health care, we're going to go back to what it was like pre-pandemic. Had you noticed in 2020 and 2021 that the restrictions had possibly compromised uh, the work being done at the Crisis Stabilization Unit? Not at all. Uh, In fact, the Crisis Stabilization Unit was the one component of our services that we continued to provide in person. Uh, The very nature of that program is such that people who are experiencing a mental health crisis have to be able to access services on a walk-in basis. And so we never shut the doors to the crisis stabilization unit. We were, our, our general outpatient services were closed for 90 days and everything was delivered through telehealth except those crisis stabilization services. And we were very fortunate because the, the precautions that we took during that period of time and the precautions that we continue to take have allowed us, you know, knock on wood um, up to this point to really be able to continue to operate without any major kinds of um, COVID-related crises. Visiting today on Philanthropy Today with Robin Cole of Pawnee Middle Health. What's in store for Pawnee in 2022? So 2022, I I think that we're going to see that we're going to have to continue to take a lot of the precautions that have been in place um, since 2020 in terms of continuing to to have that flexibility to provide services either with boots on the ground or through um, telehealth. Like every other industry, we're also seeing um, that there are people who are making changes in their careers. You know, people who are deciding that they want to make a change, that they don't want to do the things that they've been doing. And so, like, like every other employer, 
you know, in this country, uh, we're challenged to be able to recruit and retain uh, enough qualified providers to meet the demand. And that's one of the things that has really escalated over the course of the pandemic. You know, on the front end, we saw people... I, I describe it as being sort of hunkering down and just kind of waiting for the, you know, for it to all blow over. But then the longer that it continued, the more it lingered, I think the more people realized that it wasn't going to just go away overnight. And so then they began to identify uh, the needs that they had, recognize their need for help, and to reach out. And so on the fr- it's almost like a tsunami. You know, on the front end of the pandemic, there was sort of a retraction where people just were exercising caution and not reaching out um, for services. And then it, it went so far, and then the rush came in. Um, and now there's been a high recognition of need. Uh, which means there's a high demand and high recognition of need for qualified mental health professionals to respond to the need. That's a big challenge. It is a very big challenge. Um, But, you know, we feel that we've got a lot of things that are, a lot of great things that are happening at Pawnee. Um, One of the things that we're working on is becoming a certified community behavioral health center. And that's otherwise known as CCBHC. That's a federal program where the federal federal government has a, a list of criteria that are to be met in order for a mental health center to become certified as a community behavioral health center. And it really is about integrating physical and mental health care so that there's this whole person approach to mental health care, um, taking a look at how they're doing really in those physical aspects of their lives as well as their mental health aspects of their lives. And so we're going to be working on that. Um, We're also working on developing a program that will attract new graduates so that individuals who have recently completed their master's degrees, whether it's in social work or marriage and family therapy or whatever profession it is, so that they have an opportunity to come to our center and be exposed to a wide variety of different clients, problem types, and different environments. And uh, so that's a big project that we're working on. And then we're also working on establishing a a program that really will respond to the changing workforce expectations of clinical staff. We'd, we'd like to see Pawnee Mental Health um, in general and, or in, and, and our area in, in or our Pawnee Mental Health in particular and our region in general uh, become a chosen place for clinical uh, therapists to work. If I were to ask for a Christmas wish, for Pawnee, yes. yes. What would that be? The Christmas wish for Pawnee would be, you know, we have a program this year called Make the Seasons Bright, and we're we're giving our clients, both our children, our youth, and our adults, especially those who have serious emotional disturbances or severe and persistent mental illnesses, we're giving them the opportunity um, not only to receive but also to give to other people in their lives. And so we are seeking charitable contributions, um, creating sort of a pop-up shop for our clients to be able to shop for Christmas gifts for their moms and dads or their siblings Mm. um, 
or for our adults who have severe and persistent mental illnesses to give them an opportunity to shop for gifts maybe for their children or their spouse. Um, and so if, if individuals would like to make a contribution of either items um, or even financial support to support our Make the Seasons Brighter campaign, uh, I would encourage them to contact our marketing uh, director, Di Henricks, and she could, she, could, she could help them figure out ways in which they could be a blessing to our clients. How can people find out more about the work you do at Pawnee? They can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. They can go to our website, which is just at Pawnee.org, or they could give us a call at 587-4300. Robin, you did a really nice job for your first podcast. Thank you, Dave. It was great. You made it very easy. Thank you for joining us on Philanthropy Today, powered by the GMCF, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. On our podcast, we discuss the efforts of members of the nonprofit community that work in conjunction with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. We have this new series of episodes called The 25 Days of Christmas, where we talk about end-of-year giving and holiday hopes for our organizations. Find out more about the work we do at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation on our website at mcfks.org. And just a quick reminder, subscribe or follow Philanthropy Today wherever you get your podcasts so you can get the notifications when our new episodes launch. I'm Dave Lewis. We'll see you next time.